This is the new LOL podcast, and I am Karen Stewart. My goal is to challenge you, motivate, and encourage you to live your life boldly as a Christian out loud. Do me a favor. If you find anything of value, any motivation, any encouragement, help me spread the word like this. Share it on all your channels. And thanks for listening. Let's get started. If you have a Bible app on your phone, it is most likely the version app. Currently, there are over 450 million users around the world of that one app. And at the start of every year, they compile the data from all their users to identify the most shared, highlighted, and bookmarked verse of the entire year. Considering the year that we've just gone through, this should probably not be surprising to anyone, but this year, that verse was Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Fear has been a major influence and factor throughout this entire year. And that might seem obvious, but really, I don't think it has as much to do with COVID-19 as we might think. And I say that because this same verse held the top spot two years ago. And of course, that was before all this craziness that we saw with health and financial chaos and, and all the other things that we've endured. It seems that even we as Christians are impacted by fears of various kinds all the time. And those fears come from any number of different directions. Right now, there are a lot of people who are dealing with fear regarding sickness and disease and financial distress. But there's also fear about social and civic unrest, political division, rejection by family and friends and even strangers. There's fear of success and fear of failure. There's fear of loss of security or loss of companionship. There are fears that people have about eternity or salvation, homelessness, joblessness, food insecurities, abandonment, mistakes from the past coming back to haunt us. The list goes on and on and on. And if you think about it, as Christians who have accepted the Lordship of Christ and the sacrifice he made for us on the cross, We should be the most confident and fearless people on the earth, especially if we know who we are. But we are subject to the same fears and anxieties that other people have that have no relationship with God at all. And it makes you wonder, how is that possible? Why is that possible? When we became Christians... Jesus and all that he is became our confidence and the hope of our salvation. And we should have accepted him for more than just a get out of hell free card, right? We should have also acknowledged all that he is right now. And he is God who was manifested in the flesh, who was Lord and King and ruler over everything. If we're Christians, we believe that 
he loves us. That there is no person or thing that's greater, stronger, or more powerful. If we're Christians, we have surrendered to him as sovereign over everything that we are and everything that concerns us, right? So what is it and how is it possible that we, the Christians, are so afraid? The psalmist, way back before Jesus even came, said, The Lord is for, for me. This is Psalm 118, 6. The Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now, I'm not saying that bad things don't happen to Christians just like they happen to non-Christians. What I am saying is that the victory that was won by Christ on the cross is also our victory. So what does that mean? That means no matter what happens, when all is said and done, when the last battle has been fought, it will be won and we will be victorious, period. Think about it. Everything about the day that Jesus died on the cross looks like defeat. The Roman soldiers and the Pharisees who partnered together with Satan that day on that hill actually thought that they had successfully killed the Lord of glory. And by all accounts, according to everything they could see, that looked like it was the truth. But the fact was that the story wasn't over. They did, in fact, beat him half to death. He gave up his spirit, spent three days and three nights buried in the ground. But we exist today. We live and move and have our being because that was not the end of the story. It was impossible for Satan or anyone else to kill the Lord himself. So after he handled his business down in the heart of the earth, he took the keys to hell and the grave. He rose up just like he said he would. In other words, that day on that hill and that burying that body in that tomb was not the end of the story. And he did just what he said he would do. So in our current reality of all the things that hold us bound to fear, what is it that God could not and would not do for us in our situation? I recently had a question, a conversation with one of my very first mentors, Dr. Leroy Ganey. So I'm going to shout out to Preacher if you're listening. And he said something that challenged me to the core of everything that I believe about God. We were talking about the incarnation of Christ. And if you listen to last week's episode, I talked a little bit about the mind-blowing reality that God himself was fully stuffed into a seed in the womb of a virgin. So all of God, all that he is, assumed the dynamics and characteristics of human DNA and planted himself inside an egg in the womb of a 12 or 13-year-old girl, okay? Luke 1.35, the angel of the Lord who came to Mary and told her what was going to happen, here's what he said. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and for that reason, the holy offspring 
shall be called the Son of God. And also, you remember last week, I read John chapter 1, verse 14, which said, The Word, who was Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. So, all that God was and is, was implanted in Mary, and then grew and was born, and he was called the Son of God. And as hard as it is to understand how something like that could have ever happened, if you are a Christian, you must believe that it did. Because you could not possibly believe that Christ paid the price and died in your place for your sin if you don't first believe that he was born. I believe that. We all believe that, right? In fact, you cannot possibly be a Christian if you do not believe that. Christ had to have a body that would be willingly surrendered on the cross for me and for you, and that's exactly what happened. And we all believe that. And that's a mind-blowing story. Come on. So here's the question. If you believe that God could actually stuff his entire God self into an egg in the womb of a 12 or 13-year-old virgin, and that egg would grow into a baby who was born and raised up on the earth and then died on the cross and then was raised back to life. If you believe that, what would or could God possibly not do for you? If you believe that God did all of that, what thing could there ever be that would be impossible for him to do for you? Here's the thing, family. Listen, if we have made the great exchange, which is his life for our life, his righteousness for our unrighteousness, his sacrifice for our sin, the psalmist says in 8411 that no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly or with integrity. In that verse, the word good thing means well-pleasing, fruitful, morally correct, proper, and convenient. Romans 8, um, 31 through 32 says, If God be for us, who can be against us? And if he did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for all of us, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Listen, that does not mean that we will not go through anything in this life. We absolutely most certainly will. But what it does mean is that when everything is over, when the battle or situation is said and done, you will win. So here's that same verse in Isaiah in the Amplified Bible. Do not fear anything, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured I will help you, and I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand, which is a hand of justice 
of power, of victory, and of salvation. We do not serve some punk, weak, impotent God. We serve the God who is greater than every other God who has ever existed. He is our Father. He is our God. He loves us, and He has got our back. There is no death, no life, no angels, nor principalities. There is nothing present. There is nothing that ever will come. There is no power, no height, no depth. There is no other created thing that will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So listen, lift up your head and stand up straight. And even if right now you're in the heat of some battle, I'm telling you, you need to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Remember who you are, family, and remember whose you are, and remember who is the God that we serve, and start living right now boldly out loud.